Hello friends and welcome to Kings of Anglia Live 3. This time it's got bells on. It is of course a Christmas special. It's been an absolutely bonkers year, to use a phrase that um, the ghost of Christmas past may have once used. It's been terrible for many, many reasons, but hopefully over the next hour and a half or so, we're going to have some laughs as we look back on what's happened and what may be ahead, as well as have obviously the strike and various other bits of fun. I'm your host as ever, Mark Heath. Great to have you all along with us. Superb to be in your company. And to keep with the Christmas theme, we have three wise men with me this evening on the on the road to baby Jesus. Um, I'm going to start, first of all, with a man who looks most like a baby, Stuart Watson. Is that where we're going? Is that the final destination tonight? We all, we it, all it find Jesus. Be. It might be. How are you, my friend? <laughs> I'm good. Just fill me in. Where are you? You're in your, your lounge, is that? Yeah. What have you got? What's your weapon? I'm currently supping on a... A pint of Bud Light, which is a bit, bit weak, I've got to be honest, for Christmas. But um, that's what the wife's got in. What have you got with us? Uh, I was a little bit embarrassed to say that I just had a normal Bud. So you've you've out, you've you've dampened my shame, my beer yeah, shame. There, you're you're literally twice the man I am. Um, it's superb to have you along with us, Stu. Um, your partner in crime, and this time in his office with Ipswich Town memorabilia behind him, Andy Warren. Hello. How are you, my friend? Uh, very well, thank you. Um, I've got a Christmas hat, but my hat, my head is too big, so I'm going to put it on very, very briefly, but then it's coming off again. It doesn't go on further than that. It's like a little elf. Is that, now, is that a case of your hat, your, your hat being too small or your head being too big? Um, I think we're, I think we're meshing. I think the yeah. hat, the hat is far too small. There's no, no flexibility in there. There's no give whatsoever. And I do have a famously large head, so uh, yeah, that's all. That's all combined as one. But um, this will be coming off in a minute because it it hurt. It hurts my temples. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not into that. Makes it hard to think. A big head to go with your famously large calves. Yeah, and big big heart. <laughs> and our final one, uh, final number tonight. He's already wearing a fine Christmas hat and sporting his usual fine beard. It's tremendous to have you with us ever. And also, is that a town shirt I see? Of course. Oh, a nice town shirt as well. Yes, throwback-tastic. How are you, Ross? Good. Very well. Feeling very festive right now. Christmas Excellent. tree right next to me. Santa hat on. Got um, some more of my nan's Christmas cake today. So I'm going to eat that during the show. So enjoy that, me eating my nan's Christmas cake. There you go. Superb. What, what's your weapon of choice this evening, Ross? You've obviously got a... Probably about four pints of lager, because you're right, lad. <laughs> Tea, and there's a bit oh. of alcohol. There's a bit of alcohol, though, in the cake. So, when Anne puts a bit of, you know, alcohol in the cake, so... Poor four. Counts. Poor four. Um, right then, let's let's get into the uh, into the meat of the action, shall we? A few um, a few details to just dot the I's and cross the T's on before we get going. Um, if you've watched these before, you should be familiar. Although you can see us, we can't see you. So, what you've got to do, um, if you want to talk to us, is put in the, the chat box... And um, what you're thinking, and, and we'll uh, we'll come to you. The man behind the scenes, shadowy archant figure, Matt Withers, head of podcasts, are all on our very best behaviour this evening. Probably going to be less true as I drink more beer. Um, he is pulling the strings behind the scenes, and he'll be the man in charge of unmuting your microphone. So give us a few seconds to unmute you before you start speaking. Uh, and also for those of you watching live on Facebook, obviously you can just watch along, but um, we can't take questions from you via Facebook. It's only via Zoom. So if you signed up, that's tremendous. I can see already. Lots of guys involved this evening. We just want to say hi to Blue Soap, Scott Candidge, um, The Pin, our friend The Pin, John Watson, leader of the KOA Army North Battalion, 
Nigel Gooding, friend of the show, Tom Tomlin, double T. He says, I'm here, but apparently invisible. Mark Wakeley and Justin Grimwood. Boys, um, it's Christmas. So the obvious place to start in, in a festive Christmas show uh, full of good tidings and cheer is coronavirus. <laughs> do, we, do we have to do? Do we have to? <laughs> I'm afraid we have to, my friends, because this is a news podcast, ostensibly. Um, and obviously there's been quite a lot of news around coronavirus today. Um, as if things weren't going badly enough, we're all going to be in tier four. That's us in Suffolk. I don't know where you're watching this from. Um, from Boxing Day, midnight zero one, Boxing Day, we're all in tier four, which means no fans at games for the foreseeable future. Obviously, Town have just had two, um, two games where there were fans back. Um, Town's next three games, or counting Peterborough, have been postponed for coronavirus reasons. So my big question to you, friends, I'm going to start with you, Stewie, because you look serious. Um, should the season be suspended because of this bloody coronavirus? It won't leave us alone. The way things are going at the moment, I think it's it's heading in that direction. But only a few days ago, I didn't think that Christmas was effectively going to be cancelled. This is a situation that's changing by the hour, by the day at the moment, but it's all heading in a certain direction. League One in particular has been, been hit hard, hasn't it? Ipswich, Sunderland, Peterborough, Bristol Rovers have had some games off. I think Blackpool have had a couple of cases announced today. They're still going ahead with their Boxing Day game. So, um, yes, I think what, what you suggested in your excellent piece online... Um, like that, didn't you? Um, yeah. <laughs> was uh, a suspension and an extension to the, to the season. Um, obviously, Premier League and Championship needs to be done in time for the Euros. Um, but you would imagine League One and League Two has a bit more leeway to go into the summer. And Leagues One and Two are the ones that are not testing. Um, it's ridiculous, the lack of testing at this level. Paul Lambert's been very outspoken about it. Um, they've been tested six, seven, eight times as a, as a squad since the start of this season. We're a third of the way into the season. That's crazy. Um, so, yes, certainly at uh, League One level, I, I think that would be the uh, the responsible thing to do. Mm. And we're all about responsible here at the Kings of Anglia. Um, as you say, Stu, I did write something today arguing. It's online now and will be in print tomorrow that the season should be suspended, mainly because I just can't see the argument that um, that players and teams should be allowed to move between various tiers without being properly tested. We joked, didn't we, last week, Hutchie, on the podcast that <clears throat> um, players were talking to you after games with no face masks on, um, manager as well. Uh, and obviously, in a few days afterwards, Tam were besieged by the mutant strain of Rona. So where do you stand on this? Yeah, uh, it's it's certainly heading heading that way, isn't it, towards a suspension. The, the thing that worries me is if you, sus- yeah, it's all well and good saying now, suspend it and extend it. You've You've got to find a way of restarting it after it's, suspend- if it's suspended as well. So it's no good simply sort of Shaun of the Dead style suspending this, going to the Winchester and hoping it all blows over. If you suspend, you have to use that time to to ramp up testing, improve testing and be able to get going again because there's you, you can't just sit and wait it out. It's it, That's not going to change anything by, by January, is it? So... Um, so yeah, it, it, I think it's heading towards suspension. I'm not sure they necessarily need to do it immediately right now, but it's it's clearly it's clearly going that way. Um, but they need they need to improve the testing because there's no way they can get started again if they don't. 
testing is 100 percent the key isn't it if they've got reliable regular testing yeah then i don't see any reason for a suspension but i just at the moment the way it is they're just not tested enough they're certainly not tested like the premier league are um, and for me that has to be dangerous we're going to come to blue soap for our first um carry army speaking to of the evening shortly um but let's just get ross's thoughts i'm sure ross will have an informed and sensible thought on this ross should football be suspended at town's level yes excellent so that's all i can add really yeah, I, you know I echo what the boys have said and um, what you did in your piece i read it of course um so yeah there we go okay no football. let's let's try and talk to blue soap um blue soap are you with us yes i am i'm here and what, what do we call you, Blue Soap, other than Blue Soap? Oh, I'm, I'm Martin, really. Martin. Excellent to yeah. make your acquaintance, Martin. Merry, <laughs> Merry, Merry Christmas. And to you guys. Um, you, you have uh, disagreed with us, which is great because we like people who disagree with us. Um, you reckon if teams are fit and tested, they should play. So as it stands yeah. then, with, with, with kind of testing being slightly infrequent, or very infrequent at League One level, what do you reckon? Do you reckon they should, they should, they should play on for the time being? I, I mean, really, I was coming from a sort of selfish uh, perspective with um you know with everyone's morale being so poor you know i think football is a go-to for so many people and if if people are tested you know if the players are tested properly you know you know you you're making me rethink it now to be honest but you know i, I think when when they started playing the premier league um, when it when it kind of all kicked off in March, April, whenever it was, it was a real lift to everybody. And I mean, you, you've only got to look at the posts on Twitter at the weekend. People are so flat when Ipswich are not playing. I know, mm. I know, you know, we're not particularly that great at the moment, be it manager or injuries or whatever. But it just gives everyone a lift when the team are playing. Mm. So that that's my selfish perspective. Nothing wrong, being, nothing wrong with being selfish at all. Uh, boys, any, any thoughts on, on Martins? Yeah, if they can get the testing right, then then that's the key to it, really. Um, and I think the onus has to be on the Premier League to, to front up the cash for that. And that should have been happening from day one. Um, Paul Lambert, has, we've, we've picked apart many of the things that Paul has said this season, but he's spoken a lot of sense and consistently about this lack of testing and how the, the Premier League, I think, has a duty to look after the lower levels here. And there seems to have been this ongoing battle, not only in terms of sort of rescue funds, but who's going to pay for the testing. You would imagine this further down the line, the testing should be easier. We're all able to go out and get tests and get results sort of turned around quite quickly. I don't see any reason why it should be prohibitive for, for the clubs to be getting tested within a certain time frame before games and getting those tests turned around. Mm. Um my only fear is if it, if games go ahead for some and not for others, and then you've got teams playing massive catch-up, there's a, there's a worry there about the sort of integrity for the competition that you've got certainly suddenly teams mm. trying to play three, four games a week further down the line. And um, it's kind of fairer on some than others, but um, it might be needs must to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. They're going to be cheap. The tests are going to be cheaper as well, aren't they? Because I think right at the height of this, we were talking about what was it, 100, 150 pounds a test two times a week. It's not. It's not going to be anywhere near that now. So I would. I would hope, and I'm surprised this hasn't changed things as we've been going along anyway. But you would hope that massively the cost isn't going to be prohibitive e- either, as well as even going out and getting them, getting them tested. Like 
it, the Ipswich Town players were tested again this morning. Um, those who tested negative last time, and, and there's a there's a chance, a small chance, those results might come back while we're doing this tonight. So it's we might, um, get, we might get some breaking news. It's not it's not it's it's unlikely, but not impossible. Um, if, Hutch, but, if Hutchie vanishes, that's what's happened. If he turns so, his off, so it's, it's doable, um, and it's going to be cheaper than it was previously. And like like Stu says, there's there's no reason why higher up the football pyramid shouldn't be helping with this. We've heard about the PF. The PFA are sitting on a large amount of money um, as well. Um, they It's been spoken about them potentially getting involved in helping fund this as well. So there's no reason why that should be prohibitive now if it's happening in uh, the championship. And, and particularly, like like, we, like you've said earlier, we, you, we've been picking, picking apart Paul Lambert's words, but he, he's talking about the third division in Germany having a sort of twice a week testing programme there's no reason why that can't be happening in the third and, and fourth divisions over here. Did you know he's played in Germany? He, he doesn't mention it much. Um, he's, part, he's in a documentary that's coming out soon about, um, about Bosman, Bosman ruling. Oh, is he? Um, and his move to Germany. So yeah, you can hear all about it there. If you don't know the story. Superb. Uh, we're going to go to Scott Candidge in a minute. So we'll just wait for, for Matt to unmute his mic, but boys, I should also ask as you're caring boss, of course, of many years, um, you were you were uh, covering said game at Burton against Burton last Tuesday, where we're led to believe this mutant strain entered the town camp. Are you both okay? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. Stewie? Um, yeah, I'm okay. I've had a few sniffles and a bit bit coldy the last few days. I did I did get a test this morning, to be honest, because mm. um, just to be safe, because I think ordinarily I would have probably not not bothered but the fact that I interviewed Paul Lambert on Tuesday night I'd also had a reasonable amount of contact with Leo Neal pre-match as well who's tested positive so um, yes I'm waiting for the results on that one but um, I'm hopeful it will be fine Again if we get some breaking news on that Stu let us know during this podcast Let's talk to Scott Scott I um, I see you say you'd be against suspension um, until we see what happens with the vaccine First of all how are you Scott? Well, I'm I'm doing fine. I'm uh, here in North Dakota, where things are actually finally getting a little bit better. Oh. So, um, so that's uh, good. I I don't go anywhere, so I'm pretty safe. Uh, but as far as uh, as far as the team is concerned, your your points about testing are absolutely spot on because there's no way that they that they should be playing without being adequately tested at the minimum. But at least now. Um, your country seems to uh, have a hold on uh, the vaccination process and things are starting to, if I understand correctly, uh, things are starting to go into like a second tier of people who are being vaccinated. Um, and it would, it would seem that if, if you, if you could ramp up testing and then, you know, maybe, maybe pause to see where things are going, but, you know, suspending the season like it was last year or, you know, God forbid, like what happened to the Ipswich ladies last year, mm. uh, you know, that, that would be not a good scenario without seeing where the country is going to be where your country is going to be in six weeks. You know what mm. I mean? It, it, it'd be the vaccination program may be so good at that point that you know things will be will get better small suspension yes uh but uh saying goodbye to the season absolutely not scott it's great to have you with us and great to have a transatlantic hookup on the live pod um obviously you you're over in america how did you come to be a town fan 
Well, that's, uh, I always get asked that question. Uh, in 1981, ESPN was just starting out and they needed programming. One of the programs they got was, you know, the match of the week. And, uh, and it was a good time you know, to become a fan. And uh, I started following uh, through magazines after that. Then I got a shortwave radio, kept on, you know, following uh, that way. Then when the internet came on, uh, found TWTD and I've been there for about 20 years now. Outstanding. Superb. Great to hear from you, Scott. Have a great Christmas. Merry Christmas to you over there and a very happy new year. Thanks for getting involved. Um, boys, I think we should move on from coronavirus. I think we should move on to some season so far awards. Oh dear. Um, all right, Ross, let's, let's not preempt things. Now then, obviously we did this pre-season at KOA Live 2. Uh, we gave out our various awards and then things have proceeded to go pretty much the opposite of what we expected. Um, so let's take stock, shall we, boys? Um, first of all, I want to ask you all, and obviously we're going to come to the KOA Army as well. Paul Lambert, we all agreed that he was still going to be here at the end of the season. Um, it's fair to say it's been an up and down start. Um, but I want to know, boys, rather than an award, what are you rating them out of 10 so far this season? I'm going to come to you first, Ross, because you're on my screen. Um, so you're going to give Paul Lambert a mark out of 10 for his performance as Ipswich Town Manager so far this season. Five. Five. You know, explain, explain your thinking. You know, it's it's not been great, but then there's some, been some key points in there. You know, he's got a set system. Uh we're playing attractive football to a point. Um, you know, there's some bad parts in there as well from, you know, you know, the comments he's made. Uh, some of these decisions as well in terms of substitutions and, you know, being very stubborn. Overall, I think he's done okay, but, you know, it's not been great either. Okay, fair enough. Five out of ten, half and half. Stuart Watson, would you agree or disagree? I ultimately came to the same conclusion as Ross. Five. Blimey. That's um, not something that gets very often. <laughs> that, that feels like a generous five to me. Yeah. It kind of feels like a between a four and a five is probably where I'm at at the moment. I think it's easy to forget the the wins and the and some of the uh, some of the football that we saw at the start of the season, which lest we not forget was was pretty good in spells, regardless of the opposition, the Blackpool game, some of the, you know, the the the, the run of home wins. So that none of that should kind of all be forgotten, but there have been some um, some questionable comments. The thing about the two up top being useless with them. Did he need to play an entire team of kids in the trophy? Not, not so sure about that. Um, but as Ross says, that some of the key issues of last season have been addressed. There is a a style that has been settled on now, which is what we've been calling for. That takes us on to another question about how far that that will take us. Um, but I think overall, the, the injuries have to kind of, I think, just about rescue a five for Paul. Um, that's where I'm at, I think. That's fair enough. Um, just looking at some of the comments, we're going to come to the pin, our old friend, friend of the show, the pin shortly. So why Matt unmutes him? Let's look at some of the comments. Tom Tomlin says five. Lee Balaam says four. Nigel Gooding says, can I give a minus mark? Gavin Hetherington says, sorry, Ross, there's nothing attractive about our style. Backpool match aside. Mark Wakeley, a generous five from me and six from my son, Joseph. John Watson, gone down from seven right down to four. And Scott Candage, the, uh, the American gentleman we've just spoken to, says we play that attacking style five minutes a game. Um, so, Andy, before we go to pin, your old work colleague, um, what are you giving Mr Lambert out of ten? Um, 
really boring. I've I've got got five written oh, on here. I've on. got five written on here as well. Um, I, I if it wasn't for the injuries, the injuries are an extra point in in terms of actually what's been produced in front of our eyes on on the pitch. Um, also taking into account handling of certain issues, the way he's addressed things, it would probably be a four. But you can't you can't ignore the fact that he's that Flynn Downs has barely kicked a ball. His his main striker James Norwood barely barely kicked a ball. Um, he's lost Teddy Bishop, John Nolan for long spells. It's it's an optimistic five with the hope that the the seeds of the five are gonna are gonna serve this club well whenever they get back on the pitch again um, going on into into the season. But yeah, sorry, um, gone five as well. Okay, um, Pin is saying he can't talk right now because he's incredibly busy and important. Um, obviously, he has his own podcast, which he's probably working on as we. The speak. bloke's a joke. Absolute shambles. Absolute joke. It's great that he's, he's it's great that he's joined us, but obviously he won't grace us with his presence. So we're going to try and get uh, Mark Wakeley on the line if we can. Just wait for for Matt to unmute. So we've got fives across the board. I think Mark has already said five, a no. generous five, and and six from his son Joseph. So let's let's see if we can speak to Mark. Hello, Mark. How are you guys? I'm not too bad at all, Mark. Hi, Mark. Merry, Chris- Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you all. Yeah, I've given a five because I agree with Andy, as I do on most things, that um, without the, the, the massive amount of injuries, um, it would be considerably lower than a five. Although we are playing a consistent style um, up to a point, the, the thing I keep coming back to is possession with no punch. Uh, long periods of knocking the ball around the back, back to the goalkeeper, doesn't seem to go anywhere. It's exceptionally frustrating to watch as a fan because you can kind of tell what's going to happen next and the ball's going to go back. It's going to be a long ball. It's going to get lost. So for all of the, the attractive passing 4-3-3 and holding on to the ball, it is possession without any punch. And for that reason, and for some of the ludicrous uh, post and pre-match comments we've had about 4-4-2 and some of the young players, it's going to be a very generous five. And I say a very generous five. You say your son Joseph says six, though. So just talk us through how old's Joseph and, and what's, he, Joseph, what's he's thinking. Joseph, what's you thinking? Um, it should show a six because they haven't been scoring much at all, but uh, they have, the strikers haven't been doing much. And they've just been passing it around to the goalkeeper. Hmm. That's Joseph. He's nine, uh, and I think he's exactly right. Joseph is a is a goalkeeper with Cheltenham Town, super um, under tens, and so he knows his stuff. He's he's a big fan of Thomas Holy, um, uh, yeah. And and Joseph gets exceptionally frustrated watching the town that I follow, and sometimes goes off and plays on his PlayStation, and I can't blame him. Super. <laughs> he's getting he's getting praised as well from from one of the Kerry Army there. He says. It's all very slow. Well done, Joseph. Agreeing with agreeing with you, Joseph. So, Mark, thanks for your, your input. Thanks for listening. Uh, and Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, boys. I want to move on now. Surprise package. Now, um, obviously, this is the Aaron Drynan Memorial Award. Uh, he was my pick at the start of the season, but he's been cruelly injured uh, since dominating the opening game. Um, so <laughs> the, the opening 45 minutes of the opening game. He was, he was all over the park, mate. 10 out of 10 for me. Um, so... Surprise package, boys. Um, there's a few runners and riders in this. But Andy Warren, because you're on the screen and you're mocking me, as, as you so often <laughs> do, um, give me your surprise package. If he'd been fit, if he'd stayed fit, he would have carried that award home at a canter, I think. Um, the biggest surprise to me, although he's not in the team at the moment, but the biggest surprise to me is that Toto Enciala 
emerged into this new season as a starting Ipswich Town centre-back and has played a, a considerable amount of games because I thought for all the world when he went off to Bolton in January that that would be, that would be all we saw of him. Um, not so surprised that ultimately the errors have crept back in and um, that's seen him out of the side at the moment. But for the fact he's just still around and still... Uh, Still doing bits. Um, I'm going to give Toto award an award here. There we go. Well done, Toto. I am um, in my one of my pieces I wrote at the start of the season. I gave him a one out of ten chance of having an impact this season, which again just proves how little I know. Someone who knows far more than me is Ross Halls. Again, something else you won't hear very often. Um, but Ross, who's been your surprise package? It, it has to be Andre Dazelle because. I think I don't know. I don't know. I put him down for something for the you know pre you know KOA uh, live two, and I felt like this was his season. And I think he has stepped up. He's got his new contract. He's played well. I uh, even scored a goal this season, didn't he? Did he score a goal? I think so. I think he scored a goal today uh, this season. But he's been the main man this season in that midfield. And when he got suspended twice. Um, he, you know, we missed him, and he's just been—he's just been fantastic. And I'm pleased for him as well. I think a lot of us fans, we love our homegrown talent. And you know, he's the son of Jason. He's now, hopefully, now forming into his own player. Now he's not Jason Zell's son. He's now Andre Zell, and that's just great to see. And mm. you know, hopefully, many more, um, you know, great games he'll play. And hopefully, he doesn't go. Hopefully, he doesn't get sold. But it could happen. Yeah, he's been sensational. I'm surprised, Ross, though, that you haven't said Gwion Edwards. Um, who obviously well, there's another award later, though, isn't there? It's another okay. award later. So get Fair rid of that. Ross, Ross isn't surprised by that, though, is he? He tipped him to be that League One's Player of the Year or something, didn't he? he knew. So, yeah. Absolutely. Certainly not surprised. And obviously, Ross is now morphing into Gwion Edwards as well. I don't <laughs> know if you've noticed that as a, some kind of weird tribute. Um, we're going to come to Nigel Gooding, friend of the show. In a minute, but um, first of all, let's get Stuart Watson's surprise package to you. What are you going to say? There's quite a lot of shouts out there for a young lad. His first name is Brett. Who are you going to pick? You've asked me this maybe two or so months ago. I'd have said Drynan, no doubt about it. I never saw him. I, I thought, I think Ipswich, even when he came back from injury recently, I think he, he's really well suited to this 4-3-3 system. He's got yep. those all-rounder qualities. He can do a bit of everything. And I think he knits the play together really well. So um, I'm hoping he can come back and, and have that sort of impact again. If you'd have gone back maybe a month or so, I'd have maybe said Luke Chambers, rolling back the years at right back, had a really good start to the season. I think he's tailed off a little bit in terms of his attacking contribution, which maybe is understandable for a 35-year-old playing that that sort of um, uh, that position at fullback, which requires you to get up and down. <laughs> Weighing it all up over the course of it, probably Gwion Edwards. I didn't see him being here with five goals and three assists at this stage of the season. You know, you, you think back to the end of last season, he was playing out of position at right back. At times, looked a bit of a weak link for Ipswich. Um, we knew he had it in him from when he first came to Ipswich, but he's still the surprise package for me. OK, so a vote there. Luke Chambers getting a shout as well. Um, Nigel Gooding, are you with us? Can we speak to you? Nigel. Say hello, Nigel. It's a bass. It's a bass. Is, is it Nigel with us at all? Um, 
Come on, Nige. Come I hear on, your Nige. lovely voice. Nigel, Nigel, oh. Nigel, 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 Nigel. Just oh. some other. Oh. Can you unmute Nigel? This will be an absolute sadness and shame if we can't speak. Um, oh, Nigel says, come back to me. So let, let's speak to someone else. Um, Mike Davey is the first person I've seen. So let's try and speak to Mike. He's saying his surprise package, how reliant the team has become on Edwards' goals. Um, obviously, he's the only one who, uh, who wasn't. I mean, obviously, Ross, you were the only one who, was, who wasn't surprised, excuse me, by, uh, by Edwards. But let's see if we can speak to Mike. Mike, you with us? Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Hello, Mike. How are you? Hello. Merry, Christ Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, fellas. How are you? Very well indeed. Excellent to hear you and make your acquaintance, Mike. Thanks for th for listening and tuning in. Your no surprise worries. package then? Are you going for Guion as your surprise package, like Stewie? Yeah, I went for I went for Guion because um, I was just surprised at how lack how many uh, lack lack of chances the team are creating. So uh, I I was surprised at the impact Edwards has made this season. Really, so I think the fact that he's been out now for what how many games? Is it six games or something? Is it? Mm. But I think they're really, really missing him. Um, can't see anyone else sort of scoring the goals that's required at the moment without him, or maybe even Norwood. So, but can you just can, can you just confirm though, Mike, that when Ross said um, Gwen Ed was going to be Town's leading scorer in the preseason show, like the rest of us, you all thought he was high and drunk. Oh God, I always think that anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's often it is often the case. Only joking, Ross. <laughs> I'll uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Thanks for your input, Mike. Thanks for no listening. Worries. Um, we're going to Thanks try and move on. We're going to try and move on now to friend of the show, Nigel. I can see you've appeared on the show, far, Nigel. Is that you? Can you? Can, yeah, you, hear can me? you hear me now? Yes. yes. <laughs> you can tell I've got Jamie here, so he's, he's the tech guy. So uh, he's he's so sorted tech out. <laughs> I have this all the time at work <laughs> great great to hear your voice Nigel uh, thanks as ever for listening Merry Christmas to both you and Jamie um, and and you, yeah. you were saying Brett McGavin a surprise package weren't you yeah yeah Part, partly because he was pretty much unproven this season at all whereas some of the others have definitely performed better and probably as we'd want so I would definitely agree with Edwards fan, being fantastic when, when he was in Dazelle definitely starting to perform like we wanted to but they're, they're all players that have had chances in the past, whereas Brett McGavin came in, came in on the back of Dazelle playing really well and actually looked pretty solid in the um, in the middle of the park, really calm on the ball, um, some really good passes at times as well. So I was I was really impressed with him coming in. And, you know, you get a bit nervous when you've got a really good player like Dazelle that had been stabilising the team, dropping out, you know, what's going to happen. But actually, I, I thought Brett was great. And mm. um, what, what, um, what would young... Nigel say, Jamie, what would you say, Jamie? Um, I think it is a toss-up really between McGavin, Zell and Drynan. Um, but I think the one takeaway definitely to kind of get from this is that to have three players realistically contending for like surprise package probably didn't see that at the start of the season. So mm. it's definitely not a bad thing to be having this argument as to who who is the kind of surprise package this season. I think it is between the three and yeah, to have three is fantastic. So. I'm going to make you pick though, Jamie. Which of those three? <laughs> oh, that's tough. Join in, obviously, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> go with go with the gut, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent, chaps. Thanks for joining us. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Have a great Merry Christmas, Christmas to you guys Merry and Christmas. the rest and of the KOA army. Superb. Well, Thanks, guys. Nigel. Um, right then, boys. Biggest disappointment. Ooh, 
I think there's a fairly obvious winner for this. And we'll see what the Kari Army make of it all. But um, I'm going to come back to you, Stewie. Biggest biggest disappointment of the season so far for town? Um, I think, well, the obvious name that probably people will go to is Alan Judge. Um, I think he's become... Because he's got to that stage where he hasn't delivered to the two, it's a, it's against expectations, isn't it? We've just talked about their surprise packages, people that we didn't expect things from, and then they have delivered. I think Alan's probably the opposite end of that. We're thinking, you know, he's a player who's had success in League One. He was in the Championship. He was heading to the Premier League at one stage. He's got international caps for, for Ireland, even as recently as last season. He's not lived up to to that level of expectation for me. And that's not to say he's been awful every game. I think you can never accuse Alan of, of trying. I think at times, to me, it looks like he's trying too hard. Certainly, positionally, we talk about his ill-discipline and sort of drifting all over the pitch and the team lacking shape. Um, he's just not been able to hit the heights previously in his career. And I'd also probably chuck Freddie Sears and Emir Hughes into the mix in this this discussion, it's it's the senior players, the ones that you're hoping you can hang your hat on that haven't haven't quite been there at, at that level so far mm. this season. Our old friend across the pond, Scott Candidge, um, he puts out there the name I thought we'd get and we may still get from the rest of you. Uh, Luke Wolfenden, biggest disappointment so far. Um, the pen says Evans using the words, be careful what you wish for. Obviously, that was uh, we've spoken about that quite a few times. A few other shouts for Norwood. Hughes and Judge also in there from, from Mark Wakeley. Um, Hutchie, what are you saying? Biggest disappointment? I have. I've got Wolfenden down. Not because he's been, not not because he certainly hasn't been dreadful. He's not been he's not been off the performances of the rest of his teammates, but sim- simply because he's not lived up to the standards that he'd set himself. The fir- particularly the first half of last season, I think he, I think he began to slip away a little bit before the uh, before the hiatus back in March and. Um, I don't think I don't think he's quite picked up where he needs to be. Um, signed a new contract in the in the summer, which was great, and he's going to be a really big he's going to be a really big player for Ipswich Town, hopefully for a long time. But but for me, he's not he's not lived up to his ability. Um, I'm not sure as much as I think we've probably all in, enjoyed some some good highlights from McGuinness uh, alongside him. I'm not sure. McGuinness is the right partner for Wolfenden. I think he is still in a position where he could benefit from having someone that bit more experienced with him at centre half. I know he's got the two very experienced fullbacks, but um, yeah, I, I'd like to see more from Luke. Um, and hopefully, and I'm sure by the time we're doing this again at the end of the season, he won't be he won't be a consideration in in this category. Mm, let's hope so. Um, Tom Tomlin says Wolfenden hasn't had enough of a chance. And old blue soap Martin says he'll come good. Um, we're going to go to Big John Watson in a minute for his thoughts on this topic. But Ross, let's um, let's round out the panelists. Who's who's your uh, your biggest disappointment so far? Well, it doesn't need to be a player. Can I just be an old, like overall of the season yeah. so far? Can, can I be, be rogue? It can be whatever you want it to be, Ross. You are that important. Uh, thank you, thank you very much. Do you know what the biggest disappointment was? Just losing another FA Cup game, getting knocked out early doors in the FA Cup. You know, the draw itself was just was shit, weren't it? Portsmouth, same same league opposition. Dreadful. Just dreadful. Um, and just to lose a game, going to extra time, missing out on penalties. We probably would have lost on penalties, but whatever. 
But just getting the EFL trophy as well, getting knocked out of that early door. Some people go, oh, that's too many games for us to worry about. But sometimes it's nice to have a little breather and have a little change going into cups and just being out of the FA Cup again. It's just like, here we go again. I know last year we just about beat Lincoln on a replay and then we lost against Coventry after playing Coventry for the third, fourth time in a week. Um, but yeah, being out, out of the FA Cup in the early doors is my biggest disappointment because everyone else is going to... Was it the earliest exit for town for like 740 years or something, wasn't it? In the yeah, pretty time? much. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. Um, let's just have a look at the other the other thoughts before we go to, to big John Watson. Um, some of the suggestions, recruitment, not being the top six, uh, not having a fully fit Norwood. John Watson, leader of the King Kings of Anglia Army, Northern Battalion. Are you with us? Certainly I'm, Mark. Good evening. Yes, big man. How are you? Champion, thank you. All good here. (laughs) Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you all as well. I'm sitting here with a nice pint of Hazy Jane, brew dog Hazy Jane, just soaking up the atmosphere. You know, it's good to be here, guys. Thanks for having me on. Superb. Uh, How is Ziggy, first of all, because that's most important? Ziggy is doing great. He's going to be getting an Ipswich Town kit for his uh, Christmas present. Um, The dog is good. He's lying on my feet, just soaking up the, the live pod. He may join in. You never know. He might Super. give us comments. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent, John. Great to hear that you uh, you now have a dog. And uh, I hope you enjoy many years with Ziggy. Tell me, though, John, who has been your biggest disappointment of the season so far for town? Without trying to be too obvious, I think it has to be Alan Judge. I'm not against Alan Judge. Um, it's probably more the senior pros. You know, looking at... Amir Hughes, to me, is a shadow of the, thought, the man we know he can be. And I, I think Amir Hughes fit and firing, he could boss this league. A fit Alan Judge, who's really on form, could really do that for us as well. So you throw in the senior pros of maybe Freddie Sears included in that before he got injured. Um, but Hughes and, and Judge for me, you know, even John Nolan, who's a, he started off the season really well. And I was always a big fan of John Nolan. I thought he had a lot of potential. He hasn't really seized his opportunity. I know he's now out injured as well. And so maybe I'm saying injuries is the biggest disappointment. Um, but I'm certainly saying the senior pros because I think Ward's been a terrific, terrific sign in the sense of an extra leader. I know you guys have talked about him being vocal on the pitch and him and Chambers aren't spring chickens at 35 full, uh, 35-year-old fullbacks. Um, but they've tailed off a little bit as well. And maybe the pressure's all on them because people like Judge... Hughes, Sears and Nolan haven't been producing um, consistently across the season. So that's my biggest disappointment because, you know, I still think on paper we've got a really good squad, a really good team. Yes, we've got a hell of a lot of injuries, but, you know, um, that that failure to really seize, you know, uh, seize the opportunity. If you speak to a Brentford fan, they, they love Alan, um, Alan Judge still, don't they? They think he's magic. And we just haven't seen enough of that for me. So, it's not that I'm criticising the fella. I'm not, I'm not being harsh against him. I just think we all know he's more capable of being an average, bang average League One player. I think mm. he's better than that. Mm. So I'm disappointed in him. John, thank you very much. Thanks for also being part of the game day extra time posse, of course, led by Ross Halls. And like the professional you are, John, you've given me a segue into the next category without even realising it because you talked a lot about injuries. And I want to know, boys, starting with you, Hutchie, who will have the biggest impact when they finally get back from injury? Obviously, Town have got pretty much an entire squad out injured at the moment. 
Um, who are you saying is going to be the biggest um, comeback when they return? Flynn Downs, and that and that's going to require a physical, a physical, physical comeback, and also a, a mental one as well, because he, when he got injured, he was still in a headspace where he was mulling over the events of the the Crystal Palace move and everything that didn't go on. But I just think he's going to add something to this team that's been missing a bit of bite, a bit of drive in midfield. I'd love to be able to say Kane Vincent Young, but it's been so long since we saw him play that I just I feel very nervous to even entertain that prospect. But for me, it's Flynn Downs because not only is he going to bring his qualities to the team, I think he brings a new dimension out of Andre Dezel as well. We've we've started to see a slight shift from a 4-3-3 to a 4-2-3-1. And, and if Downs is alongside Andre, I think he's the man to unlock another layer of Andre Dezel, both in terms of Andre having that license to get forward and also... Flynn, Flynn and Andre, they're just on the same wavelength. They've played yeah. with each other for a decade. Um, they bring the best out of each other. And those two in that two in midfield is could could completely transform this team, both in what's behind them both in terms of allowing the fullbacks maybe to go and also bringing the wingers in. So Flynn downs by by quite a distance for me, lands, landslide. Flynn wins it by a landslide. I agree with you, Hutchie. In many ways, obviously, he brings. I think he brings an attitude as well to the side, which... They've been lacking a bit of bite. Um, obviously, other people saying KVY, the jelly man. Um, George Alavine says Bishop. Of course, he's been magic this season. Ross Hall, so you saying, who's, who's, the, who's the biggest player to come back from injury? Not physically, but in terms of impact. No, the obvious one would be Guion, but I'm going to leave him for the next, the next few questions. Um, James Norwood. James Norwood. Um, you know, the, the few games he has played this season, he, you know... First few minutes, he's running around like a, a crazy man, but he just added something different to what the other strikers, you know, weren't offering. Mm. And, you know, he can score. He can score at this level. Um, he's just not been able to prove it week in, week out. And hopefully he's going to recover from these injuries and hopefully he can kick on. And uh, we finally have a striker scoring the goals because how many of the strikers scored this season? One each so far, I think. So hopefully... Come on, Jay, Jay Norris, get the goals in. Where would town be without Guion, eh? Your boy Guion. Um, Stewie, we're going to go to, uh, we are going to go to Rob Hughes shortly. Uh, but just tell us, Stewie, who you think is going to make the biggest difference when they come back from injury. I agree with Andy for, for all the reasons that he just said. Um, so I don't really need to add to that. Flynn Downs was by far and away their best player last season. And I think he will change the whole dynamic of the side. Um, my second answer would be James Norwood. I thought he looked like the James Norwood of old when he came back for the was it the cup game and he, he took that goal really well against Portsmouth. There was that fire in the belly and I think Ipswich signed him to play that central role in a 4-3-3. That's where he got all his joy at, at Tranmere. Um, so if they can get... I don't think we've seen anywhere near the best of James Norwood so far in his time at town. And I hope that we are going to see that. Um, if we work our way to further down the list, I think Kane Vincent Young would be be next on that list in terms of impact, because I do think as well as Ward and Chambers have done, as John pointed out earlier, they're two 35-year-olds playing in the fullback position um, week in, week out in the most hectic of seasons. I don't think is ideal. And I think Ipswich have lacked a dynamism. I think they've lacked a bit of pace, um, certainly without Edwards um, as well. So I think 
he could transform the team in that respect. But having been out over a year, my only fear is we shouldn't expect too much too soon from Kane. And um, I do worry that um, he might lose a little bit of that explosiveness uh, after so, so long out. Mm. Rob Hughes, are you with us? I am, yes. Yes, hi, hi all. Merry Christmas, Rob. Thanks for joining us. Um, now, Stu there has just kind of dampened the fervour of, of KVY coming back and, and Liam Young as well, <laughs> I see in the comments, says I don't think we should expect too much from him after so long out. But clearly he's a tremendous talent, an electrifying player, Rob, and, and he's your pick. Yeah, it was, it was mainly, I mean, I would, I would have gone for Flynn Downs. Um, my concern about him is when he did make a, a few fleeting appearances earlier in the season, there just seemed to be a bit of an attitude about him that he didn't seem to be quite up for it. Um, whether it was the transfer talk had, uh, had put him out of his usual frame of mind, I don't know. But uh, no, mainly I was, I was yesterday watching a bit of a showreel, and I know these things always uh, show people off to the, to the absolute best, but uh, a showreel of um, KVY's goals for, for Colchester United uh, in, in seasons gone by, and it just struck me what, a, what an athlete he is. Uh. And how, how we miss that kind of um, athleticism and drive forward. We're just in so much crab-like football going sideways and backwards to have someone with pace and power and, and, the, and the determination to drive forward and put the opposition on the back foot. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I quite agree. He, yeah, you, we, we've seen him for like seven, what, seven to nine matches. And so... You know, we're, 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 we're always looking at players who are out with uh, rose-tinted spectacles. But um, if he does come back to anything like that player, to have someone to surge through a team in the way, in the way he did for that, that show reel, we mm. just haven't seen that from any Ipswich Town player for, for far too long. Mm. I mean, he does bring an entirely different dimension to the side, doesn't he, when he's, when he's here. As you say, he's only played nine games. I do worry when you hear the term nagging Achilles injury because that's something you do not want to be nagging but certainly Rob I agree with you if he can get back foot fit and firing he would revolutionize the town team um, so let's see the pin says hot take KVY won't play again this season hope that's not the case Rob thanks for joining us Merry Christmas to you and yours and to you thank you superb Richard Terry says surprise no one has mentioned Teddy Bishop who is playing well and scoring goals obviously he also is a big miss it's staggering isn't it boys when you look at the amount of players that town are missing at the moment um, the likes of Teddy Bishop uh, as well included. Um, next question, boys. Best goal of the season? Um, a few contenders. I want to come to Ross, first of all. Um, obviously, you're going to say Gwion Edwards, all five of them. Um, of what What was your favourite Gwion Edwards goal of the season? Ross? Do, do tell us. It's got to be his, uh, was it his second against Blackpool? Um, and just the ball from Chambers. Oh, but then Edwards, what a touch. Ran into the fender and oh, what a finish! I've watched that a few times. Not gonna <laughs> lie, um, but that just rounded off a very good day at uh, Sunny Blackpool. Um, I think we're all surprised that we scored four goals away from home, which was the biggest surprise. That's another surprise package. It's just like scoring four goals yeah. away. Uh, that is the high of the season, and it's gone downhill since then. But um, yeah, what a goal! And I know there's going to be another goal from that game. It's going to get mentioned, so I'll leave that to to um, other people. Okay, um, Stewie, are you on the same wavelength as Ross? Are you going to pick a goal from that game? I think we all know which goal it is. Your best yeah. goal? Well, the correct answer is the Luke Chambers <clears throat> goal from that game, not just for the finish, which is a superb swerving outside of the boot volley from your advanced right back just inside the box. 
that screams into the net. But the build-up as well is a bit of passing around at the back. Then Dezel zips a pass into midfield. Hawkins back to goal, lays it off to the left. Edwards turn a pace, darts past his man and puts the cross in. Everything about that goal was, was superb. And Andy, obviously, I'm looking at the comments. Pretty much everyone is saying changes. We're going to come to George um, on the Calais Army to talk about that as well. But are you going to you going to add your voice to to that vote? I'm going to offer up a different goal. The correct Go answer on. the correct the correct answer is Luke Chambers. But I'm I'm going to fight Teddy Bishop's <laughs> corner here. Um, Teddy Bishop, late winner against Gillingham, outside the box, sweeping move across the pitch. He then left. I think it was left footed curled it into the far corner from outside the box. I think that might be their only goal from outside the box this season. So, um, Teddy, Teddy can have my can my uh, 12 points in the Eurovision style vote. Let's that go was, Teddy that Bishop. Was, that was an absolute beauty. And again, a sign of, of what a player... Time, timely as well, a winner. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's the sort of thing that, that players like Bishop can do. And that's obviously what Tanner missing at the moment. George Alavoyne, I think his name is, um, is going to fight Chambers' corner. He's not going to have to fight too hard. But George, are you there? Can we speak to you? Yes, I am, Mark. How are you? I'm not too bad at all, my friend. Merry Christmas to yeah, you. Yeah, I'm thanks, good. Uh, Merry Christmas to you. Thanks for tuning in. Um, so, obviously, we've heard there pretty much everyone apart from Ross, who, uh, who is blinded by Gruen Edwards' beauty, um, oh. is saying Luke Chambers. Um, and you're saying Luke Chambers as well. Just, just talk us through your thinking. Yeah, well, it was a great finish, like Stu said. And I think as well at that time, that was kind of peak Chambers at right back. He had an excellent game that uh, day, like man of the match performance. But I think as well, if there was fans there, that goal would have completely silenced them. Mm. And I think they're the type of goals that you need to score away from home, especially at the time where Blackpool was kind of talked up. I think they were they were having some bad run of form, but they were in and about to the playoffs. And in them games, you need to score them goals, really especially mm. at a, a ground like Blackpool. Uh, when we were back there in March, it was quite noisy. And at the end, when they scored their last-minute winner, the fans were on the pitch and everything. It seems it seems a long time ago now, that doesn't it, that win at Blackpool? Yeah, it does. It's kind of, kind of where the season peaked, sadly. Um, so we shall see. But certainly that goal is worthy of, of winning the competition. I think everyone would be in agreement, obviously, apart from apart from Ross uh, and Hutchies. Can I, of, can I yeah. throw in a couple of other contenders? Of course you can, Stu. Help yourself. Armando Dobra against Gillingham in the trophy. Mm -hmm. any, yep. any, any thunder bastard that goes in off the underside of the crossbar is always uh, always gets extra points for me. I know it was the trophy. Um, and I've just seen a couple of comments in, come up, up pop up in the section about Jackson's at Plymouth being a dark horse. We talked about if we're going to add added value for the importance of a goal, Ipswich under pressure at that time. The 0-0 draw at Oxford, they were behind up against 10 men. I thought that was a, a really well-worked goal under pressure with, with Ward's ball in to start with Hawkins with a, with a really good layoff and, and Jackson finds the bottom corner. Um, that's definitely a dark horse, as a few of the people have just said in, in the comments section. Superb. George, thanks very much for, for listening. Thanks for getting involved. A Merry Christmas to you and yours. Um, next question, boys, and final question of the, the season so far awards is the big one. I don't really need to ask Ross this question because as soon as I say it, it's going to be obvious. So I'm going to stick with you, Stu, because you're on my screen. Player of the season so far. There's a, there's a few contenders. Um, Gwyn would clearly be among them, but who are you going to plump for? Andre Dezel, for me. Player that um, I think has was criminally underused last season. Um, and I'm just so pleased that they're building the team around him um, now. I think 
for a player who had played so little football, we can see how much he's benefited from playing week in, week out. You know, he lost a big chunk of the early stage of his career, both through injury and, and then sort of non-selection off the back of that. I think he is absolutely key to the way Ipswich are playing with uh, this this playing out of the back. Um, yeah, Andre Dizel. And I think Andre there's more Dizel. to come and that excites me. Mm. Uh, certainly a fantastic season he's having. Wonderful to see him finally get his chance at town. Andy, are you going to agree with your work husband? Are you going to say Andre Dizel as well? Uh, no, no, I'm not. Um, Excellent. He's been, look, Andre's been brilliant, of course he has, but I know he's injured at the moment, but for the 11-game league run that he, he was playing, um, Teddy Bishop's the player that's excited me the most this season. Andre, it, it's been great to see Andre grow into this role, like a bespoke role that they've they've built for him. I really hope there's even more to come for him this season. And if there is, I think he'll win the Player of the Year award. But the player that's excited me the most this season is Teddy um, because he can get on the ball and he can run with it. Ipswich don't have players that can do that, especially through the middle of the pitch. Um, He's scoring goals as well, which he hasn't managed to do before. Um, Just needs to get back fit again. Uh, Mm. But Teddy Teddy Bishop, for me, he's the player that I've enjoyed watching the most so far this season. I think I would agree with you, Hotchie, if that means anything. Obviously, we know what Ross is going to say. We're going to go to Stefan Vashik in a minute, friend of the show and provider of gifts, because I want to say thank you for his latest gift. Ross, come on then. Get Guion out of the way. Why should Guion be the player of the season so far? Now, I'm going to shock you here. <laughs> if he didn't if he didn't get injured, I would actually pick Guion for player of the season, but he got injured and he's not been playing for the last month. So I'm gonna go with Andre. Oh because nice. okay. he has Andre. Andre. <laughs> Andre Andre Dazelle. <laughs> Andre the Giant. Andre Dozzle. <laughs> but just echo what I said about surprise package and what Stu said. He's just been He's just been unreal, anti. Um, you know, you know, Guion, of course, you know, he's you know, with his goals and he has been a key player this season when he has played, but Andre's you know, I can't I'll have to ignore the love to, for Guion. Andre's the player of the season so far. Indeed. Okay, well I think looking at the, the comments, a lot of votes for Andre. I want to speak to Stefan next. A because he's a friend of the show and he sends us presents, which is tremendous, and B because he's said someone quite unexpected. So Stefan, are you with us? Evening, lads. How are you doing? Not too bad at all, Stefan. Merry Christmas. Um, thank Merry you first, Christmas. Thank you, first of all, for your Christmas gift. I, um, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm going to break into it in the second half of the pod. It's a, a fine single malt whiskey. You're a, clearly a man of excellent taste, and obviously you listen to <laughs> you listen to the podcast as well. But Stefan, you said Luke Chambers. Now Chambers is yeah. a lightning rod for kind of controversy at town. You either love him or you hate him. You don't seem to be able to sit on the fence with Chambers. Uh, certainly he started like a house on fire at right back. Um, just talk us through your thinking for, for Luke Chambers being the pro of the season so far. Yeah, it's um, I, aware that it's a controversial one. And I, I kind of said it partly because of that, because I, I'm a big, big Luke Chambers fan. Um, aware that he's he does have his moments on the pitch. If you, several goals over the last couple of seasons, he's definitely going to hold his hands up. But... For me, he started the season really well, like you said. He stepped up at right back when I'm sure he wasn't expecting to do that from kind of the offset, hasn't played there for a little while. And again, has, as I feel, has kind of held us together a bit, wrote 
centre-backs changing on and off throughout the season. He always seems to be the voice. It's It sounds like all the reports that you hear, he's the the kind of the voice that keeps going. And, and for me, aware that, you know, Andre and Teddy are definitely the kind of more player players, etc. But I, I feel like without him, I think the club would really, would be missing a lot. Um, mm. But it's partly my choice because I know that he is so controversial, but I'm a big, big fan. So I, I think he, he should get more, more recognition. Let me ask you this then, Stefan. Hopefully it's going to be an issue that we face in, in 2021 when the Jellyman KVY comes back to full fitness um, and is contending with, with Luke for the right-back spot. What happens then? What do you do? Uh, I saw, I don't know if it was one of your articles that was saying he might be pushed forward. Uh, sorry, uh, KVY might be pushed forward onto the, the wing and Chainbow play there, which I, I think sounds really fun. But whether that's practical or not, I don't know. But if, if, that, isn't, if that doesn't work, then I put him a centre-back every okay. day of the week. Superb. Big fan there. Luke Chambers has in Stefan. Stefan, thanks for, for listening. Thanks for getting involved. And thanks for the bloody whiskey, mate. Um, <laughs> thanks, well, lads. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Stefan. Take care, mate. Have a good one, mate. Mark, yeah. do, you know what, do you know what I'd do with Kane Vincent Young? What would you do with him? I'd play him at left back. Okay. Let's investigate I'd, that a bit more, I'd, shall we? I'd start, I, assuming he's fit, I'd be considering him to start at left back. Uh, interesting. That's where he played for Colchester. He's comfortable there. I'd, Chambers, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be looking to drop Luke Chambers. Certainly, um, do you drop in Ward? I'd, be, I'd certainly be. I'd be considering it. Um, whether that, you know, you'd have to see what form they're both in by the time we get there. But I, I would certainly be considering it. Um, I did ask Luke Chambers the other day about the prospect of Vincent Young playing in front of him on the wing, and I think Luke was a bit insulted that I wasn't suggesting that he should be the one pushed forward. <laughs> onto the wing as well so maybe maybe that needs to be considered Ch- play chambers sort of right of the front three with uh with vincent young behind him what do you reckon Stu? he can he can cross a ball luke so he just needs to just needs to dribble a little bit more yeah not sure about that andy um, <laughs> vincent vincent young played left back for colchester that's where that's where he played the majority of his football by the time he came came to ipswich so that's not impossible i do i do worry that Stephen Ward is an injury waiting to happen at some point. I know he's a model professional and we've seen how he goes through all the extra stretching and he's spoken at length about, you know, everyone talks about him being the ultimate pro, looks after himself, but um, yeah, that that's a concern for me at some point that that left-back slot will need filling and I don't think any of us are entirely convinced that Miles Kenlock is uh, is the reliable sort of backup man that, that we're after, so... It's not impossible, left back for, for Vincent Young. I hadn't really thought about that. Tom Tomlin, double T, certainly agrees. He says, good call, Andy, regarding KVY. Rowan Haslam says, controversial. And John Watson says, Luke James at centre-back with Genoy at right-back and KVY left-back. Stu, before we move on to something far more important, a Mark's big question, I want to get your reaction to Rob Hughes, who says you should be a contender for player of the season for... Your battle with Lambert. He doesn't. He doesn't need. He doesn't need this ego. <laughs> look. Look at him. The man is out of control, ego-wise. He doesn't need this. I just. I just want to get to your reaction to that because obviously you went toe to toe with the the big man, um, and you've got a vote as a result. Did I go? No. Come on. Let's not overplay this. This is. This happens. That's uh, occupational hazard. It's not the first time. It won't be the last. Um, 
but yeah, we try we we try and ask the questions that that people want us to do. It's not always easy, but um, yeah, it's nice to know that people appreciate it at times. The pin says, "Great call, Thank you, Rob. Rob." He says, "I second that." Ding ding. When is the rematch? Hopefully not this season. Uh, he says, "Never mind." Fury and Joshua, um, Stewie and Lambert is where it's at. Now then, boys, that's the the season so far. Awards done. I want to move on to a little bit of, of light before we move on to some more football. Um, and it's a Christmas themed Mark's Big Question. Hutchie, can we get a live Mark's Big Question intro? You do. Someone else do Jaws and I'll, uh, I'll come in with the voice. We've got some pace issues there. Pathetic. Mark's Big Oh. I think you've pulled your mic out. Yeah, I am. <laughs> Unbelievable. And thanks is, it for the, is, it, is it back on now? It's back, it's back. Good. Thanks for the Bruce Buffer build-up, Hutchie. I, I want to spend five minutes or so on this, because for me, it's a key topic around Christmas time, and it's simply this. Should you have Yorkshire puddings with your Christmas dinner? Now, clearly, because I was brought up properly, the answer is no. Um, ridiculous concept. Um but I'm going to come to you, Ross, because you're on screen. What are you saying? Yes. No. Of course. No, why? It's just part, part of a roast dinner. Yorkshire, Yorkshire puddings, you know, a bit of gravy. You can put some part, you know, in, in the you know, Yorkshire pudding. Would you have mint sauce with pork? Mm, no. Exactly. Exactly, my friend. Um so you're saying yes, which is ridiculous. I already know what the boys think, but I'm going to come to him anyway. Andy Warren, um, I suspect you're in the yes camp as well. If we, we have, am I going absolutely mad or have we had this impassioned argument before? Yeah, but I'm going to bring it up every year, mate, because it's massive. I'm not changing my mind. They're nice, so yes. And I, I don't care for your rules and your mint sauce and, and all your nonsense that you're going to chuck my way. They're nice, so chuck them on there especially this year if you try and take a yorkshire pudding off my plate this year i'm not going to be happy i'm not going to be happy about it and i I make some really good ones too so get them on your plate and and, and that's it let's stop talking about it job done interesting debate richard terry's obviously another one who's been brought up properly says only with beef Uh, nigel gooding says the plate needs to be as full as possible and yorkies take up good space mike davey it's part of a sunday roast but christmas dinner is not a sunday roast and Big John Watson, I think we should take his word for this. I live in Yorkshire and you do not put a Yorkshire put on the turkey dinner at Crimbo. Ridiculous. Um, Stuart oh, John. Oh, John. <laughs> Stuart Watson, what are you saying? Mm. I'm saying, um, fuck the rules. Fuck etiquette. <laughs> it's been a really rubbish year. As Andy says, I'm, I've been dictated to enough this year. You're not taking... Yorkshire pudding is one of the best parts of a, of a roast dinner. Don't start trying to tell me that all oh, roast dinner is not the same as Christmas dinner. It's come on. It's don't. It, it is. I you like can... it. It goes. It goes with other parts of the roast dinner. Your com- your comparison about you wouldn't put mint sauce with other meats and no, it's not the same. Yorkshire pudding is enjoyed with a bit of gravy. I'll get a bit of pigs in blanket in there. Mix that all up together. Don't take it away from me. Fair enough. I'll fight three, you if you do. That's 3-1. Um, let's speak to Liam Young now. Liam from Crew, part of the game day extra, extra time. Get, get Liam on for the bit for the big issues. This is this, these are the big issues we have to tackle here on KOA. Um, Liam, are you there? Yep. 
Now, Liam, you drive Ross all over the country. Um, your nan makes, makes some cracking roasts. Um, what are you saying on this, this key issue? Forget about Brexit, forget about coronavirus. This is what the real issue is. Yorkshire puddings with Christmas dinner, yes or no? It goes with everything, so yes. Oh, Liam, yeah. you, you disappoint I, I me. I would have two. I would have two. Two what? Yorkshire puddings. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. You, you, def- you, you definitely have two. You can't just have one. That's mental. <laughs> I mean, I mean, why is there a debate? It's 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 a Yorkshire pudding. It can go with anything. Okay, it's, I think I think I'm going to lose this debate. Um, you know what? It does go really nicely with actually. Just if you make one and just drizzle a little bit of honey on it on its yeah. own, really nice. My old but, man, my old man is is from um, up up Midlands way, and he um, he used to have it with jam as a pudding when he was young. Um, so there you go, multiple options for Yorkshire puddings. I don't think they should be on a roast, but Liam has added his call to the rest of you, so I'm going to have to accept that I am <laughs> outnumbered in this case. I'm a very liberal person, of course, so if it makes you happy, I say go for it, although I feel strongly that you shouldn't in this case. So <laughs> do it, but don't do it, as Boris Johnson would say. Um, Liam, <laughs> Merry Christmas, my friend, and a Happy New Year to you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, boys. Right then, boys, let's move on. Um, I've been soundly defeated in my annual quest to get people to recognise they shouldn't have Yorkies with Christmas dinner. Let's talk about 2021, boys. Now, obviously, there's a few hurdles to overcome. We know that it's unlikely that fans aren't going to be back at games um, for a little while while we're in Tier 4, and God knows how long that will be. But my question for you is, we've already talked about the injured players, and we've often referred to them as the the cavalry coming back, and they literally are enough to to fill a small army. Um, but do you think that returning cavalry, when they do return, and obviously now town have got a, few, a bit of a break, is that going to be enough to save town's season? Stewie, I'm going to come to you first. Can the cavalry turn things around for town? What what saved the season? Well, at the moment, they're, they're up and down. They've not been a top six side. So I'd say beat top six sides with, with something approaching consistency, get on a bit of a winning run and finish towards, if not the top two, you know, top three or four. What do you reckon? <clears throat> hmm. This is kind of the hope is yes because all the players we've run through are starters, aren't they? Vincent Young, Downs, Bishop, Edwards, Norwood. That's five starters straight off the block. Um, so yeah, if all fit and firing, absolutely, I think they could address a lot of those issues you've just mentioned. But there's. There's a big, big if there, isn't there? How often do we talk about the January transfer window? The players that are available are the ones that are semi-fit or half-fit or have just come back from injury and they take a while to get up to speed. It's not like suddenly these players are just going to go straight into the team and be at it from day one. And it takes a few weeks to get them up to speed. And by that point, the season could be slipping away. So if Ipswich are going to do it this season, I don't think we should just be pinning all our hopes on... uh, when everybody's back, um, they need to find ways to uh, to get points on the board um, without them until they're back. Okay, so is that a yes or no? Um, is I'm it gonna... a yes or no? Yes, I'm very black and white, Stewie. That's a yes, and um, people want to know. They want a definitive answer. So you're saying yes, Hutchie, because you're on the uh, my my screen at the moment. You're looking tremendous, if I may say so. Um, oh, thank you. What... What are you saying? Cavalry, can they save town season? Whatever you say, I want it fin- to finish with a yes or no. Can it start with a yes or no? It can. Yes. 
I think it can. And I think for the very simple reason, they need to do it consistently. But just, I think those players are difference makers. They could, I think those are the players that can find a moment, find find a goal when it matters. And maybe I'm maybe I'm talking incredibly optimistically, but yeah, I think they can. I think they can create the scenario that you've you've said there as being a serious promotion challenger. But mm. they've just got they've got to find a way of delivering in these big games because if they don't, and it is not just games against promotion rise every time the. Every time that it feels like a big game, even if it's down to like there's a ticket previously, there's been a ticket promotion where extra fans can come. The game's on TV. It's against a team at the top end of the league. This they just haven't delivered, but they have to do that. But I think they can. I think I think those three or four real key men coming back into this side, a midfield of of Downs, Dazell, and Bishop. I think I think that's a that's a midfield that can do this. And I think. I think they could even do it sort of just as in, as individuals. I'm not necess- it's not necessarily a healthy thing. They might be able to do it in spite of, you know, if things aren't going well in other areas of the pitch. But I think as individual players, they just give them a better chance of winning any football match that they're going to play in this, in this league between now and the end of the season. Yes. Two yeses. Roscoe, you've, you've worn that Christmas hat throughout like a stalwart. Um, but what are you saying? Yes or no? Can the cavalry save town season? Bit sweaty now, but um, no, <laughs> no, I don't no. think so. Uh, because okay. they're all going to get injured again. Just going to oh. get injured. Players will oh. come in, and then another player will get injured. They'll come back. Another player will get injured. Just injuries. Just lovely injuries. So, um, are you are you saying that town season's basically going to go to shit again? Yeah, pretty much. Oh dear, oh dear. Enjoy. Uh, and I think the next man we speak to, Gavin Hetherington, I think is his name. Um, he he has a similar thing to say, I believe. So, Gavin, are you there? Yes, I am, yeah. Gavin, you say, is our squad really as good as we think they are? I'm really starting to question it. So, in the light of that, with all the, let's, for the argument's sake, say the injured players come back. Obviously, a lot of really good players are out injured at the moment. Do you think that's enough to turn the season around? I, I, I'm not sure. I, I think there's... Um... Uh, Merry Christmas, by the way. I admire, Absolutely. Mark, your uh, your positivity because I just find myself getting more and more negative at the moment. And um, I'm, I, I, I don't know, someone else put in the chat, it's that the coaching, something is not right. And I, I, I you know, got tickets for the Burton game and, and I, I could have fallen asleep. I've got two young kids and their season ticket holders as well. And, and they don't even watch the games that I follow anymore because they're fed up with the play. It's just so dull. It's mm. It's not progressive at all. And I think if we continue with that style, maybe the quality of players we've got to come back will will push us forward and become a bit more dynamic and a bit more unpredictable going forward. But I, I don't see it at the moment. And I think, you know, we just don't know what injuries are going to come back and when they're going to come back, more importantly. So I've, I want to be more optimistic. I want to be really positive. I just find it hard to be so at the moment. That's understandable, Gavin. Um, do you think then that we've we've kind of overrated the squad? Because um, obviously there was a lot of talk about how strong the squad is, and on paper it certainly looks like one of the strongest in League One. So do you think we're kind of overrating the quality of those players, or are they they underperforming, or what do you think? I I, I, I think we do. I th- I think we overrate them. I, I certainly my my biggest problem is the defence. To be honest with you, I, do, mm. I think the fact that Nciala is you know lovely guy, but the fact that he's still part of our squad after last year. Um, and and that you know, Stu mentioned earlier, he started the season. The fact that we're 
thinking that this is good. It's almost a bit of arrogance that, that actually our defence is good enough to cope with League One and we'll attack teams and score goals. We're just not good enough. And, and oh, it sounds so negative, but I, 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 we just don't... When we come up against teams, we've got kind of defenders who are late 20-something, strong streetwise, um, read the game, squash out problems. That's not the right word, but... Mm. Um, they they predict what's going to happen. We don't seem to do that. We seem a bit naive at the back, and and then force errors upon ourselves. And this this constant playing it sideways back to the keeper, and and then you know being predictable is is it's mm. we've, we've we've got something wrong. We've got to, we've got to do something differently. I think if we want to be progressive, mm. you lauded my positivity, uh, Gavin. That's because I'm <laughs> currently drinking beer. It's easy to be positive when you've got a beer <laughs> in your hand. But boys, is there anything in what Gavin's saying? You share his concerns about. The, maybe the quality of the squad and the way town are playing, Stewie? Yeah, I think maybe we've all fallen into that trap of sort of perhaps over-egging. Perhaps not the quality of the squad, but the, the depth in quality. I think it's deep in numbers, but I think as we're seeing now, perhaps not deep in quality. Um, I think, as Andy says, those those four or five players will be difference makers, but I think we've seen without them now what, what we're seeing, the sort of the layer underneath perhaps isn't... The squad isn't as uh, as deep in quality as we thought. Um, in terms of the style of play, I have got massive concerns along with everyone else. It's possession without a punch. As, as someone said earlier, it's it's painfully predictable at times. I think teams have worked out how to play against Ipswich now that, um, you know, if you, you park two banks of four and behind the ball, Ipswich sort of lack ideas. They don't move the ball quick enough. They're not... There's a lack of ideas there in terms of breaking people down. My only hope, and I and I wonder if this is misplaced optimism, is that it will get better over time. I, I think back to, I hate to use the example, but that lot up the road, Norwich, when they kind of started moving towards that style of play, and I think that was roundly sort of ridiculed in the early days. There was mistakes at the back, and there was a few people having a wobble about the way they do it. And I think over time, if you add the right players to play that style of football that hopefully it will get better. But I also appreciate that then that is a, a call for patience and this is a transition period and people have got to stick with it. And that's a really tough sell for the club at the moment. And I've told people that behind the scenes that if you're if this is a call for patience and that this is a transitional period, that's hard to tell people that. Year two in League One for Ipswich Town, mm. we've had so many false dawns in recent years, that's a hard sell. So um, they need to make this work this season. And I do worry that it's going to take longer than this season to to get it right the way they're doing it at the moment. Mm. Okay, then, Gavin. Well, thanks for your thoughts. Um, Stu obviously agrees with them. Um, Merry Christmas to you, my friend. Thanks for listening to the pod and a very happy new year. Right then, boys. I think after that rather depressing discussion, we need the ultimate ray of light, which only the strike oh and shine into matters. So, Ross, I'm going to pour myself a little whiskey, courtesy of Stefan. You're going to lead this part. I need you to, to pick three contestants. We know that Azaboom and Luke, the two champions, aren't with us this evening. So there's going to be a new interim strike champion. And you've got 10 minutes in the schedule, my friend. So uh, over, over to you. We get the jacket on, let myself prepare, sit back and relax. Uh, how do I know who to choose, though? Do I just say, people? I think the first three people who say, yeah, yes, I'm in, in the chat, they get involved. I'm in. 
take it away, guys. Oh, hello, John Watson's in straight away. Okay, so unmute John's mic. Let's have John involved. Who else would like to get involved in the strike? Otherwise, we're just going to pick people. Pick on people. Don't all rush. Yeah, don't, don't all rush. rush. As I say, we've only got 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Take it out of my time. Ross, um, Ross just picked some people. Oh, yes, yeah, Scott Candidge. There we go. Ooh. Over in America, we might have a transatlantic winner. And Nigel Gooding. There we go. Three, okay. three contestants. Unmute them okay. all, please. And Ross, I'll leave you to... Uh, take over i hope you've got by the way i hope you've got a, uh, a tiebreaker hopefully yeah i have and hopefully i've done it right this time it's numbers games tiebreaker not three options <laughs> reggie lamb was the bane of my life last time so uh so yeah okay are they are the guys mike mooted nigel scott john unmuted oh, yeah. oh, hello <laughs> hello scott all right and now normal normal you know Normal, uh, what's it called? What's the word called? I've got the word already. Normal format. It's always the same. We know this. I've Jesus got the word. Christ. I forgot the word. It's a start. Well, as I say, Ross, Joel 10 Wilkinson screwed up again. Yeah. Yeah. 10 yeah. minutes. What's the first question, Ross? Come on, let's go. So this is a Boxing Day strike quiz. Um, mm. Of course, unfortunately, there's no Boxing Day game um, this year. But uh, blast from the past... Now, we have two town players who were born on Boxing Day. So, uh, Matty Richards, Noel Hunt. There we go. First up, though. <laughs> um, Matt, yeah. Matt, Matt Richards was born on Boxing Day. He made 168 appearances and scored nine goals for town. But how many games were wins? Now, closest number gets the point. So, 168 games he played. How many okay. of them were wins? You have to, you have to tee people up, Ross. Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, I'll go with my I'll go with good old Johnny, Johnny Watson. I'll go for uh, forty-eight, Ross. Forty-eight. Fifty-eight. Right. Oh, oh, I hear some, you know, Nigel. Fifty-eight. Fifty-eight. Okay, and Scott. Fourteen. Fourteen. In hundred sixty-eight <laughs> games. <laughs> you drunk? <laughs> it's um, it's sixty. So Nigel has the point. <laughs> So, Nigel, one point there. Now, on to Noel Hunt. He was also born on Boxing Day. He scored three goals in 12 games for town. Of course, notably the winner, late winner against Cholton. But who crossed the ball? No, 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 ignore that. Who replaced him? Who replaced him in the game? Who was the substitute? Was it Stephen Hunt, Paul Anderson, or Connor Salmond? So, who replaced... um, Oh, who, who did Noel Hunt replace in this game? So, Scott, over to you. Stephen Hunt, Paul Anderson, or Connor Salmon? I will go with the Salmon Man. Okay. Nigel? Uh, Anderson. And John? Stephen Hunt. It's Anderson. <laughs> Two point for Nigel. Now, time to <laughs> John Macken. Scored his third and final goal for town during his loan spell in the blue. I oh know in his loan spell in the Blues' two-one win at Coventry on Boxing Day in two thousand and six. Now, which club was he on loan from? Was it Man City, Preston, or Crystal Palace? Good old John Macken. Anybody remember him? Anybody? Anybody? No, no. I remember. Okay. Oh. Yeah, yeah, not bad. But yes, uh, I want to go over to Nigel. He's currently in the lead with two points. Palace. Okay, John. Crystal Palace. Okay, and then Scott. Palace. 
It was Palace. Oh, they know they're John Mackens. Questions, all right. <laughs> Happy with that. All right, um, now, another town flashback. Five years ago, Luke Chambers scored a late winner on Boxing Day as town came from behind to beat QPR 2-1 at Portman Road. But who crossed the ball in for his header? Was it Tommy Orr, Freddie Sears, or Ryan Fraser? Ah, uh, yeah, Nigel, sorry. Uh, Ryan Fraser. Okay. Scott? Fraser. And John? I was going to say Fraser, but I'm not going to catch Nigel, so I'll go Tommy Orr. It's Freddie Sears, actually. Oh! Good old Freddie Sears. Good old Freddie Sears. Okay. Numbers game! Nice to interject, Ross. How many questions are there left? Because obviously Nigel's winning 3-1 at the moment. There is two questions left. So These are must-gets. Must-gets, basically. <laughs> now, we've got to go to Nigel first on each of them, because otherwise okay. he, can just, he can just echo people and... and, and... Win the boring way, which we don't like on the KOA army. So, yes. come on. Okay. Yes. Now, my first Boxing Day was 1996, which saw Town beat Crystal Palace 3-1 at Portman Road. My boy Adam Tanner scored in this game. How many goals did he score during his time at Town? He played 87 games for the Blues. So, how many goals did he score in total? So, Nigel, take it away. I'll let you a little think. Uh, eight. Okay. Uh, Scott, sorry. Four. Four. And John? Seven. It's eight. Dead Ooh, on, basically. Yes. <laughs> so, do we, do we carry on? I don't, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. come on. We need, to, we need to find out who's going to come second. Okay. In the last 50 years, Town have played 42 games on Boxing Day. How many were wins? So, Nigel, how many? Uh, 16 Okay, Scott 23 And then John 15 It's 18 wins <laughs> So yes. There's two people basically in second So Nigel Nigel is the winner And Scott, hey, and, John, Scott <laughs> and John Have shared second place Or you might say first loser um, Nigel, you are already a friend of the show. You're an attender of KOA Live, and I think now you are the first person to do all of those things and also lift a live strike title. What a, year. What a way to end the year for you, my friend. The strike title your, is the proudest. Give me your, give, give me your reaction. I'm speechless. <laughs> oh. I'm just it, it was the same format. <laughs> <laughs> let me say Nigel you put in a hell of a shift congratulations uh, and Merry Christmas and thanks for playing and thanks also to Scott and John for getting involved as well maybe next time boys obviously we now on the next live pod we need to have a Nigel versus Azza versus Luke Penning um, strike off to find out who is the ultimate champion of live strike um, right then boys uh, that is the strike over and done with. Roscoe, do you want to do you want to outro it? It is your show after all. Uh, Barry Cotter is um, tied up, so he's not able to come in. But um, yeah, thank you for taking part, Scott, John and Nigel. And get ready for the next one. Bye-bye. I'm still here, <laughs> but bye-bye for the strike. Yeah, for the, for the benefit of the strike. Yeah. Uh, now then, boys, um, we intended this to run 90 minutes. We're coming towards the five-minute warning. Um, so we should probably start... Start wrapping up, I think. Ross, Ross is getting undressed. Don't, uh, don't go any further, Ross. Um, boys, is there anything after this absolutely bonkers year that you want to add before we take our leave? 
and uh, and go and have another drink. Um, Siri, I'm going to come to you first. Any other business? Well, first of all, I've got some breaking news. Oh, um, haven't got COVID. Yes, that's good. Yeah, superb. That is a right um, result. No, just to thank you to everybody that's um, that's followed our coverage, be it the, the buying a newspaper, going on the websites, listening to the pod, interacting with us on socials. It does feel like a, a little KOA family that we've got. And um, I know it's not always been too much fun following Ipswich in recent years, but hopefully it's uh, part of your lives and you, you take some pleasure from it. And um, we, we, we enjoy doing it for you as well. So... Um, been a crap year and hopefully next year's a better one for everyone eh things can only get better um he says in hope um ross halls have you got anything to add in any other business just echo what Stu said thank you to everybody who listens to the pods uh, of course the guys who have joined me on game day extra time and you know it's just been been a weird year but i feel like we've got closer as a fan base in terms of you know yeah yeah um and it's just yeah <laughs> KOA Army, all the way. Uh, and Andy Warren, you haven't got any other business for us, have you? I have, actually. What? Let me, yeah, let me stop you. I've been, make, I've been making a list, checked it twice, and I have decided that after a long, long wait, now is the time to add a new friend of the show to our roster and make, oh. it, a, make it a dirty dozen, alongside Daryl Jones, The Pin, Harvey Davis, Jax Larder, Matt Thomas, Stefan Vashik, Harry Butcher, Little Melon Man... Nigel Gooding and his bass, Joe Fares, Austin Vidal. Our merry band of 11 is about to become 12. I'm willing to overlook an issue that has arisen during the course of this podcast that put the claim into doubt. But the man who is being inducted is the proud defender of the North, leader of the battalion. He's got a more than adequate bladder, which has seen him through the entirety of 2020. And he's the kind of head teacher that I would have absolutely loved to have had when I was at school. I'm overlooking the fact he's bang wrong on Yorkshire puddings. But a, <laughs> but a brand new friend of the show this evening, number 12, is Mr. John Watson. Welcome. Get in there. Thank you so much. You should see my little smile now. Uh, <laughs> my, my year is now complete. Congratulations, John. It's well earned. Um, can we can we get your reaction? Obviously, I assume Ziggy is, is going mental. Um, I, I imagine you, you've immediately cracked open some champagne. But what an end to a year, eh? Ziggy's going for a lap of honour around the garden at the moment. Um, yeah, well, I'd just like to thank the fans. I'd just like to thank. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm sure I'm speaking on behalf of everybody else. We've loved your coverage over the last year, and not just kissing us. Um, gen- genuinely, you've been brilliant, and you keep us all in good spirits and keep us all together. So I'm just delighted to be, you know, po- uh, listening to your pod, um, participating with Ross and the game day extra and thank you for um making me a friend of the show um that is awesome news that is the best thing that's happened in 2020 <laughs> superb thank you thank you john thank you for everything that you do to promote the pod thank you for leading the northern battalion of the Kauai army hutch you've got something else to say i have just a word of warning there are some mentioning no names there are some friends of the show out there that aren't necessarily maintaining the high standards that we expect of such an exclusive club i'm not going to mention any names but just no, just heed heed a warning here that that list can be brought down. You can move down a tier. So just just a little word of warning. But welcome welcome John, fully uh, fully deserved. 
Sort yourself well, out on Yorkshire puddings, though, mate. I think I'll have to make some Yorkshire puddings and put them straight on my Christmas dinner. That's what I'm going to do for you. Good, Andy. good. No, we don't want that, John. But um, congratulations, John. Merry Christmas. Um, as I say, thanks for everything you do uh, in terms of getting involved in the pod, obviously appearing on game day, extra time as well, and also leading that Northern Battalion of the Calais Army. I see a lot of comments coming in saying Merry Christmas, so I think that's where we should leave it. Um, as always, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That helps us greatly in visibility in the charts. One day we want to overhaul the Kings of Leon podcast as the top Kings podcast and also follow us across all our social medias. That's Kings of Anglia on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, and all that's left really to say, boys, I believe, is Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for listening this year. Um, it's obviously been a, a shit year. It's been a dreadful year. But fingers crossed, there's a few hurdles left to overcome, but we can have a better year all together next year. We can get in and around the promotion places and we can kick on in 2021. So I just want to say cheers, everyone. I hope you've all got a drink. Let me raise it now. We'll wait for Hutchie. There's a drink. Cheers, everyone. Thanks for listening. Merry Christmas and a very happy new year. And we'll speak to you again next time. to football, Brexit to Pokeville. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.